Welcome to the Mama Needs a Moment podcast. We're your hosts, Chrissy and Cindy, co-founders of Her Health Collective. We are two moms obsessed with revolutionizing the way moms take care of themselves. We are so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Regardless of whether it's physical, mental, or possessional, clutter takes up space. The space it takes up in our minds and calendars could be put to more productive, creative, and fun use. According to Connie Ellefson, author of Clear the Space, Feel the Rush, you can start anywhere on your decluttering journey, and there is a rush of energy we get from decluttering and organizing a space. This energy is the same rush we get from exercising or releasing emotional burdens. Connie Ellefson is an engineer, author, and professional organizer who is helping people release the incredible amount of creativity and energy tied up in the unnecessary clutter. In this episode of Mama Needs a Moment, we continue talking to Connie about her new book, Clear the Space, Feel the Rush. Enjoy. In your book, Connie, you mentioned that the reasons we struggle to downsize and declutter can go far beyond the stuff that Mm -hmm. we have everywhere that we acquire over time. Beyond the physical realm, the clutter that we accumulate over time can become toxic to our Mm -hmm. body, mind, and spirit. Like Cindy was just mentioning, I know I've felt this firsthand. Even my six-year-old has commented that she feels better when the house is clean. And in my head, I'm like, well, then you could help me keep it clean. But I don't say that. I don't say that. Um, Can you dive into the particulars of this toxicity? How our physical space and mess and clutter what the impact is that it has on our body and our mind or spirit. Cause we all feel it, but I'd love to know a more like, I don't know. I'd love to have a more scientific explanation of what's happening when we're surrounded by all this clutter. She wants you to talk about the brain. Yes. Go into the yeah. in the brain. <laughs> Hell yeah, I do love the brain. Yes. Yes. It's, it's a fascinating organ. First of all, you have to realize that people have different reactions to clutter. And there was one study that I mentioned in my book from UCLA where they discovered that men and older teenagers tend to be less bothered by clutter. They actually like seeing their beloved treasures, having them inside and being able to see them around them. But most of the time, most women are much more bothered by it. And I'm like, brilliant. Tell me something I didn't know already. Sometimes We might have to see some child of ours that likes to have their stuff around them because they they feel safer or they feel loved or some somewhere along the way they got the impression that more stuff means they're loved and they don't want to let go of that. And it could be just an accidental thing that some little deal that happened, not anything intentional on any concerned parents. They didn't do it on purpose, but they might have picked up the message from somebody else in their environment too. So always keep a grain of salt in your decisions about it. But for for the people that are bothered by it, every time you look around at something, you use up part of the RAM in your brain, the short-term memory. Anything that's out of place, and it could six items out of place in a room can make it look cluttered if you're very sensitive to it. So you look around, you think, I wonder if I should put that away now. That's not where it's supposed to be. And then you look away and you look at it again. And so every single time your eye glances around the room, you see all this stuff that's out of place and you stop and ask yourself, should I put it away now? Should I put it away now? How about now? And so you get all this stress, cortisol, 
that impacts your health. So you can help yourself by having at least one serene place in the house where you can go to just like, ah, but realize that it is an ongoing process at all times. So when your brain gets tired of making all these decisions and they're and they're not really going anywhere, like I think I've heard that if you push the snooze button a bunch of times, it's really hard on your brain to keep stopping yourself from getting up, even if you don't feel like getting up. But it's just a way of like, blah, using up all your resources, your short-term memory resources in a certain amount of time. And then you just need to, you need to like really relax. One of the things that I learned from working at home with my engineering, which is very brain damage oriented, <laughs> is I can only work on it for a couple of hours and I have to have breaks all along the way. Every, like every half hour, I need to take a break. Two or three hours is the most I can work on it. And then I need to go do something completely different. And sometimes that needs to be like a two or three hour break before I can get back to it. So you just need to be aware of the limits of your brain and how much it can deal with. And, you know, obviously slowing down, being patient with yourself, reminding yourself how much you love your children <laughs> and your spouse. <laughs> and so it's it's an ongoing thing, but you can make it easier for yourself by just getting rid of more stuff. I read... Of course, everybody's read Marie Kondo's book. And I think she once said, you might need to get rid of 90% of your stuff. I'm like, what? That would be so hard. But then when you think about going to a vacation condo, that's kind of like my dream for, that's how I'd like my whole house to look like a vacation condo without clutter, but with some nice decor. And you feel very relaxed when you go there. But it's um, it's a huge process. And on the other hand, you've got these people under your jurisdiction that you're trying to raise to appreciate themselves. And if they are into lots of craft projects or whatever, then it's kind of your job to encourage them and put up with it. But just always give yourself some time. Get somebody to help you, your spouse or somebody else, to give you some time to yourself. That's probably the most important thing is to take, take regular breaks, even every day. You know, Are all... you still in the process of decluttering your physical space? Like, yes. I, do you have the vacation condo? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I have it in a few rooms of my house, but not okay. all of them. So uh, my dream has always been to have an office with almost nothing in it except my computer. And I'm still not even there yet, but I keep working on that. I keep yeah. getting it lower and lower. And it's a big goal. Yeah. So <laughs> It's, it is, and it's a lifelong process. I'm interested to know how your children approach clutter and mess. Like they're grown now, but they've grown uh-huh. up with you and this this journey of upcycling and being aware of your space. Are they also aware of their space or do they rebel in the other direction? <laughs> no, they both have wives, so it doesn't happen. Oh. <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, my older son was kind of like me. I'm I kind of like, I walk through a room and things just disintegrate. They fall off shelves or what, you know, it's just like, what is this swath of devastation? That, you know, that's me. And my older son is like that, even though he's my stepson, he actually is similar, but he had a roommate when he was a young adult. It was a woman that he shared a two, like a two unit uh, condo where each, each one has a, like a separate suite. But she walked, she walked by his room one day when he had, taken off his work trousers, put on his sweats or whatever, and he he thrown his trousers on the on the bed. She walked by his room, looked in and said, could you hang up your trousers, please? 
She was not even his girlfriend. She was his roommate. And he took that to heart. He's a guy that's always ready for anything. So he gave it a try and he became his own tidy person. And when he got when he got his own house with the lawn, he was like mowing the yard in the strips and then cross mowing it. He was really proud of it. And then the other guy just was never, never quite that much of a clutter bug. So his wife is actually, the two of them are kind of matched in their amount of clutter. And it, it just goes up and down. You have to realize throughout life, it goes up and down. So whatever whatever can motivate you to get it tidied up, it's probably going to disintegrate. And in fact, at one point I had, I was expecting an important guest. So I had my house just as tidy as it had ever been for several days. And I kept it that way. And I felt kind of weird. I felt kind of uncomfortable. Like, does does somebody live here? It doesn't look like anybody lives here. So it's, you know, accept yourself, accept yourself and your limits. Like one of the big themes of my book is these things all tie into each other. So if you clear out some emotional clutter, you may be able to let go of a bunch more stuff uh, because you're feeling better about yourself. Or if you if you do do some cluttering, I mean, obviously the ultimate thing is we we'd like to have some we'd like to have tidy spaces. So it all ends up there, but it might be a journey that starts somewhere else. So if you do have a decluttering session where you get stuff over there to the goodwill or whatever, then you feel better emotionally and your body feels better. Or if you go work out, my whole theme, the the second part of the title is feel the rush, clear the space, feel the rush. The rush is the endorphins, the pain-killing chemicals, the pleasure-feeling chemicals that we've all heard that if you like go running or, or walking, exercising for half an hour or more, you feel the endorphin rush rising up in your body. That's probably why some people get a little addicted to exercise is because they love that rush. And then Absolutely. when you declutter, and even when you go back and look at your closet that you've decluttered every you know few days afterwards, you still get that endorphin rush. And I think it's the same energy as the feng shui says when you have lots of open space in your area surroundings where the energy can swirl around. I think it's kind of the same thing. It goes into your body. To our Patreon supporters, thank you. We appreciate you so much. Our goal has always been for moms to know they're not alone in the tough and challenging phases of motherhood. We know Mama Needs a Moment provides this to our listeners. We are thrilled with the growth of the podcast over the past two years. Last year, Spotify shared that Mama Needs a Moment was in the top 30% most followed podcasts, was heard in nine countries, and had more content than 97% of other creators in the family category. We have recently launched a Patreon account for Mama Needs a Moment. This is a great way for you to provide additional support to Her Health Collective. We've set up three options for Patreon supporters, each with its very own perks, such as special events, discounts, and bonus content from each and every podcast guest that is available only to our Patreon supporters. Will you become a Patreon supporter? It would mean the world to us. But the um, emotional release, if you have a good cry, you feel better. And it's an emotional release. That's the same thing. It's the rush of endorphins. So the big thing that happened at the end of my 14-year journey was I read a book by Dr. Joe Dispenza called Becoming Supernatural. And it's not about paranormal. It's about all the things that we can end up 
doing as humans that we don't realize we do. We're so much more powerful than we think. And the key moment was for me, the turning point was he described a seminar that he had in 2016 and 120 people approximately agreed to an experiment. It was a four day seminar. They said, yeah, we'll do this. So he asked them to spend eight or nine minutes, three times a day, putting themselves in a high vibrational emotional state, such as love, happiness, gratitude, whatever. And I'm sure they were enjoying the seminar. So they were probably happy more than just 30 minutes a day. But he tested their immunoglobulin A at the beginning and end of the seminar. And that's a protein that says, this is how strong my immune system is right now. It had gone up an average of 50% in four days of being happy. And he said, wow. 30 minutes a day. And he said, this is way more powerful than any flu shot or vitamin C or anything you, that you would take from the outside to improve your immune system. And it's that's all amazing. I know. And it's within your wow. control. It's all inside your body. So then I'm like, the rush is the thing. It, it, it can improve your, your health, you know, just on a physical level. And so the other thing that he said later, he described, it's a very in-depth book. It's, it's actually challenging to get through, but he called it the energy center blessing meditation and chakras are what he was talking about in the Indian system of medicine. They say you have rings of energy around your body, starting at the base of your spine and moving up. There's seven levels in the last ones above your head. So he said, you pretend to bring in healing energy to your base chakra from the outside, from like three or four feet away. You're pretending like you're bringing in this healing energy. And then you bring that energy up to your next one, which is just below your navel. That's the second chakra. And you're bringing more in from the outside and you're bringing the other energy up. And then you go up to the third one, which is the solar plexus bringing more energy in from that level, bringing it all up from below. I spent three or four minutes on each level, but you could just do it really quick too, with just a breath at each level, if you're in a hurry. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling so good. And I realize what part of my body am I stirring up to start with? The reproductive part of your body, right? So I'm stirring all that up and I'm bringing it up. And then my stomach is where you feel the, the pleasure of food or whatever. Stirring that up, feel, making that feel good. And by the time you get up to your head, your head, you're just like, "Whoa, I feel so good! I can't even believe it." And then the tapping that I talk about, that I talked about earlier, that brings up endorphins too. In like five or ten minutes, you you start to feel that, and and that's part of what calms down your amygdala. So I have learned between those two things, I can turn on my endorphins whenever I want. So you feel amazing. Yeah. Recently, I went on a trip with. Four family members and one of them started coughing about three days into the trip. And and then when we got back, they tested themselves and COVID. Two of them, two of them had tested positive for COVID. Another one got really sick. And uh, I didn't. I didn't get anything. And I was right there with them. They're coughing their heads off and I didn't get anything. Wow. And I'm I'm not the oldest, I'm the second oldest, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> my son said. Wow, mom, I'm really impressed with your immune system. I was reading through the many wonderful reviews of your book oh, thank on you. your website. There are so many different reviews that, that are all fantastic. One of the reviewers said, quote, I love Connie's whole person approach to decluttering. Mm -hmm. It's impossible for us to do better than our thinking will allow. So often people attempt to declutter by using willpower and muscle through it. This approach seldom works. And even when it does, 
it is usually not sustainable because the physical clutter is a side effect of the mental and emotional clutter like we've been talking about. Connie's book helps people to address clutter on all levels, which greatly increases the odds for success and positive change. This review is confirming a bit of what we've discussed quite a bit throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm intrigued on how the reviewer mentions your whole person. So you have a whole person approach to decluttering, which includes the internal world and the external world. Would you consider this to be a different approach than the, the various methods that other professionals use? You had referenced um, Marie Kondo earlier. Right. Uh-huh. Is this a different method, do you feel? Yeah, I think it's, you know, she made a very bold statement at the first first line of her book was, I will teach you a way to handle your belongings that will change your life forever. And as we've all found, you can do all that stuff. You can even get rid of 90% of your stuff. But if you're still trying to hide behind all that clutter or you're, or you're maybe just focusing on all I want to do is clean out my stuff, but then you're, you're missing the internal part of yourself, you can find it disintegrating again. And sometimes it's a problem and sometimes it's just the way life is with little kids around. But one of the things that I said in the book several times is you could start anywhere. You could start with your physical decluttering instead. You don't have to immediately go to to the stuff part of it, the possessions. And so then that kind of inspires the circular part of it, as I was saying, talking about a little earlier, where you you declutter some of your body and then you feel more frisky. So you're like, oh, I can go home and I can get some more things out of my closet to get rid of. But, and I, and I did actually hear another podcaster say that after she works out, she feels a lot better about doing some decluttering at home, but it's an approach where you can take one path or you can take all three paths at the same time, but it does, it does eventually get you to a better place. And even if it just gets you to accepting yourself and your current circumstances, like with the family, or if you're a caregiver for someone, you're probably not going to be able to keep things up as best you'd like to in other circumstances either. Yeah. One of the things that, as as you've been talking, that I focused on is um, recognizing that I probably have to focus more on my internal mm-hmm. decluttering. Right. Because... I feel so out of control with my external clutter mm-hmm. because I live in with a family. I have two, one preteen, one teen, and yeah. my husband, and we're in a renovation. So there's a Ooh. lot of club clutter <laughs> around <laughs> me. Yeah. Yesterday I went and I cleaned the car. I cleaned our family car and mm-hmm. I spent about an hour just cleaning and vacuuming and making this thing sparkle. And when mm-hmm. you were talking about like your clean space, I was like, well, there you go. My yeah. car, I'm just going to go live in my car. Exactly. That's, that's my carpool feels so awesome to me because I'm sitting in my, in my car. That's nice and clean. So uh, several of the other reviewers mentioned your use of humor and mm-hmm. real life stories in the book. Do you have a story from your book that you'd like to share that highlights one, your sense of humor, perhaps real, a real life story that you could share, but that highlights your different methods of decluttering? Well, you know, I make fun of myself a lot, (laughs) a lot in the book. And because I was part of that 3000 square foot house, accumulating all of its stuff. So I think that being able to laugh at yourself is the best part of it. 
it's uh, humor is a big part of my life. So, and it's much more so now the older I get to be able to look back at uh, the things that I used to get upset about. And mm. I mean, I think it's just funny that I, that I did get my house completely tidy for several days and then it turned out to be, I didn't like it. <laughs> so, so yeah. Humor is such an important mechanism that we can use to make it through life, all the good and bad moments too. So mm -hmm. I think it's important to have besides going out and buying your book, which everybody should obviously do. Mm -hmm. If you were to provide our listeners with one piece of encouragement and one way to take action right now, what would you say? A huge shout out to our Patreon subscribers. Your support truly means the world to us. Thanks to you, we are able to continue the weekly production of Mama Needs a Moment and get this valuable information from these incredible guests out to you, our listeners. This final question has been recorded as a mini bonus episode and is available for our Patreon subscribers to go listen to right now. Take a moment to hear Connie's one piece of encouragement and one way to take action now. Be sure to log into your Patreon account and have a listen. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed talking to you and I'm looking forward to reading your book. It sounds oh, amazing. You. you have some really great points in there and you deliver it with humor and stories. That's <laughs> always more fun to read when there's humor and stories involved. So thank you so much for this time, Connie. Thank you. Thank you guys, both of you for having me on. It's been a great talk. It was a great conversation with Connie. Here are our three takeaways. Number one, each time we look around at something, we are using up part of the RAM, otherwise known as the short-term memory in our brain. When there is something out of place or there is clutter, each time we glance at it, we are processing whether we should put it away. And this causes an increase in the stress hormone called cortisol. An excessive amount of cortisol impacts our health. This reaction is different for every individual. Someone may feel sensitive to six items out of place that cause clutter when another person may be able to tolerate 20 items that cause clutter that might be out of place. Connie suggested having at least one serene place in the house where you can go that feels calming. She made an effort to emphasize that decluttering is an ongoing process at all times. It's also about becoming aware of the limits for your individual brain, becoming clear on how much your brain can deal with, slowing down when needed, taking regular breaks, and being patient with yourself in the process. The process ebbs and flows depending on the season of life you are in, but one thing that will make it easier is to just get rid of more stuff. Number two, one of the big themes of Connie's book is how the various forms of decluttering all tie into each other. If you clear out some emotional clutter, you may be able to let go of a bunch more physical objects that cause external clutter because you're feeling better about yourself. And this works vice versa. Clearing out the external clutter of possessions gives energy to work on clearing out the emotional and mental clutter. The ultimate goal is to have some tidy spaces. It all comes back to that, but might be a journey that starts somewhere else. The second part of the title of Connie's book is Feel the Rush. So the title is Clear the Space, Feel the Rush. The rush 
is referring to the endorphins, the pain-killing chemicals, the pleasure-feeling chemicals that get released in our bodies when we release some of the clutter. This is a similar feeling to the endorphins felt after exercise or after releasing emotions from a good cry. Number three, Connie's book stresses the importance of being able to start anywhere. You can start with your physical decluttering of possessions, or instead, you can focus on the internal decluttering of the mental and emotional. Wherever you begin, it inspires the other, which causes a circular benefit pattern. Connie's decluttering approach encourages you to take one path, or you can take all three paths at the same time. It does eventually get you to a better place. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to sharing another episode with you next week. High five, friends. We've enjoyed hanging out with you. Follow us to be the first to know when we drop a new episode. If you've enjoyed your time with us, let us know by leaving a review. We always love hearing from you. Until next time, stay true to you.